40 footer for Ennis. Oh, I got a live one here. <laughs> 10 win season, just the seventh in the history of the program. Dino Babers has delivered on his promises. It's over! It's over! The Orange have won it! Syracuse has won the national championship! This is the Seth Everett Show. Good morning, everybody. Wait, I didn't sound good. I didn't like that. Three, two, one. Good morning, everybody. It is Friday, October 25th, 2019. This is the Seth Everett Show, a show that has a brutal name. My name is Seth Everett. He is Pauly Sibelia. Good morning, Pauly. Good morning. You have a brutal co-host, too, so... Uh, that's true. I have just a brutal life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 was me. Um, Florida State, tomorrow, the Orange are on their en route. Um... Have they? They're leaving this morning, I presume, or uh, did they leave yeah, yesterday? This afternoon, I'm guessing. Yeah, this afternoon. Yeah. Do they want to wait for Matt Park to do his show? Uh, that... Brian Higgins is hosting today. Uh, okay, because Brian Higgins, right, Brian Higgins is not going because he's got SU basketball, the exhibition game. Yep, uh, which will be here on ESPN. Uh, tomorrow night. That's yep. the, the, the plan. Uh, so all of our post-game stuff for football is going to be moving over to TK99. Yes. And uh, that just means I have to talk with a, a rock star voice. That's that's how it, it goes. Um, I don't see anybody. I checked local. I checked national. I checked anybody. There's not a person who's picking Syracuse. <laughs> Nobody. Some people think it's going to be a blowout. I don't think it's going to be a blowout because Florida State's got their own issues, and we're going to find out a lot about them. We're going to talk to a Florida State beat writer in about 13 minutes, so we'll do that. Uh, but I, I don't know anybody who's picking uh, the Orange to win. Have you seen any inkling I have anybody not, who said? But I am. Come on. No, I am. I, I think oh. this is where it turns. I think Syracuse okay. come, goes down there and wins by 10. Okay. Go to, go to uh, the bank. Take it to All the right. bank or whatever the kids say. The Post Standard and Syracuse.com <laughs> had a, uh, had a uh, panel uh, of predictors, and they had Stephen Bailey and Nate Mink, the two uh, reporters, Brent Axe, uh, who you know, does all their analysis, and then they had a guy who I want to meet, uh, Dennis Nett, the photographer. Yeah, good guy. Well, he, he gave a, a detailed uh, reason for picking Florida State, and all I'm saying is nobody ever asked his opinion. He takes pictures. I want to know his opinion. I want to know more about him. I want him on the show next week. What do you think? I could probably make that happen. He uh, knows probably, he's probably been more to more Syracuse sports than anybody. He and Matt Park, like he's everywhere. So I think it would be a good guest. I was very interested. They said, well, you know, we'll get the prediction. So I'm scrolling down. I read Brent and I read Nate and I read Steven. And then it's like Dennis. And I, oh, Dennis. <laughs> the. the, the <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just interested. He was the guy who said it's a blowout. He thinks Florida State is going to, to blow them out. So, like I said, we'll get more in-depth in about nine minutes now uh, when we talk to a beat writer from Florida State, and uh, we'll see what happens tomorrow. We've got gavel-to-gavel coverage. Uh, James Mungro and I are doing a special pregame edition of our postgame show uh, live from Trappers in East Syracuse, and uh, Pauly said he's going to stop by, and uh, Mike Waters is going to stop by. We've got a cast of characters all the celebs are going to be in town, and they're all coming to Trappers in East Syracuse. Before you get off of this, I'm looking at the odds again. Bet-wise, 51% of people placing bets are saying Syracuse will cover. So it's very Covered. close in the betting. Ten and a half is the It's line. just ten right now. It's moved. Okay, okay, it's moved. 
So uh, I don't know. I wouldn't do it. I, I think Syracuse wins this. by ten. Oh my god! You care to make this interesting? Sure. Okay. Uh, you'll be in town. I know. We can go. Uh, uh, go grab dinner are after we, the are basketball Are we still going game. to the crunch game? Are we still going to the crunch game on Sunday? Did you get me tickets? I can't afford oh tickets. My, oh my god. <laughs> I'll bet you the free tickets to the Crunch game. <laughs> That's right. How about that? If Florida State wins, you have to get the tickets. And if I have to, if, <laughs> if, if, if Syracuse comes away with the update upset, I have to call Jim Sorosi. All right. That, that, that's what you're saying? Yes. Yes. By the way, if anybody at the Crunch is listening to this show, can you do me a favor? Just text Polly and just say it, it's taken care of. I've got two tickets already on my desk. I, so. I, I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm not surprised. Okay. Um, Tonight is the World Series uh, Game 3, and it should be a lot of fun. And uh, I, I have to say, I'm, I have a little mixed emotions because uh, I found out that through something I was working on, I had a credential for the Nationals, and I thought about driving down. This is what I thought about doing. This would be a very poly Sebelia move. I thought about driving down after the show, driving to D.C., going to the game, and then leaving either tomorrow tonight or first thing tomorrow morning and get to Trappers in East Syracuse uh, for one thirty. I said, that seems a little too hard to do. So I have a little mixed emotions because I'd love to see the World Series in D.C. That's a ballpark I saw open. Uh, that was when I, I met uh, uh, President Bush there, and uh, he was the sitting president at the time. And um, it was a really cool experience. I thought there were two really funny lines from yesterday's media day. Uh, first of all, President Trump announced that he is planning to attend Game 5 in uh, in D.C. That would be Sunday night's game, Game 5. And immediately, Twitter was abuzz thinking that he picked Game 5, hoping the Nationals will sw- sweep so he doesn't have to go and get booed. Do you think he cares? Yeah, I do. <laughs> you do? I, I don't think he cares he if he gets he booed. Like, he does. No. Yes, he does. And if he gets booed, it'll be on Twitter. I think so every pres- I think every president's gotten booed when they get announced. Not true. Bush didn't get a bo- a booed. Obama didn't get oh, booed. Oh my goodness! You're, he didn't. So you're seeing you rose I'm not glasses. partisan. I said. I said. I said a Republican and a Democrat. I know. So I, but know. I think you're seeing it through rose-colored glasses. I think. Nope. I think the presidents tend to get booed when they're in public. Okay. Um, and then the other thing was the fallout from. The, the 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 Sports Illustrated article and the, uh, the the inappropriate comments made by the assistant general manager of the Astros. He was fired yesterday, uh, and that's fine. He he deserves it. The PR staff deserves to be fired too. But this was the this was the um, the, the classic line. So Jeff Lunau is the general manager of the Astros, right? And I've always been under the perception that this is supposed to be a very smart guy. Jeff Lunau is addressing this, and he claims that the organization got information, and they had the wrong information, so they wrote the press release calling Sports Illustrated a liar. If you remember the the incident, for those of you who are just joining us, there was this quick incident Saturday night after the Astros won the pennant, where the assistant general manager was screaming at these three women reporters basically bragging about how they got Roberto Osuna dirt cheap from the Blue Jays because he was on suspension for domestic violence and what a coup for them. And when Sports Illustrated tried to get a comment on that, they denied. And so they wrote this article about the about the 
uh, incident, and the Astros basically called her a bold-faced liar. And that's how the whole firestorm started. So anyway, so Jeff, <coughs> excuse me, Jeff Lunau uh, is addressing the media, and it's a lot of media, right? It's the whole World Series, so it's every beat writer from every city you could imagine is at this press conference, and someone asks the question of Jeff Lunau, and I put it on my Twitter feed. So if you want the video, you, you can see it. And they said, did you apologize to the young lady who wrote the article? Steph Epstein is her name. And he, in the weaselest weaselly way says well i've been really busy i haven't had time but it's a priority of mine and i'll get to it she was sitting next to the person <laughs> come on you dummy did, but did he i mean i don't mean i always play the devil did he even know who she was like would he have been able to pick her out of a lineup I would think after this story and how this has been such a firestorm, it's been on every news show. She's been on every talk show. Yeah. Okay. I okay. think she knows. All right. I, I, think, I think that is one of the dumbest. Like, you had the opportunity right then and there. This was like the guy who's afraid to break up with the girl. Oh, it's not you. It's me. Like, it just, he couldn't, he couldn't man up and just say to the young lady, we 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 wronged you. We we're so sorry, and we will never let that happen again. Do it in front of all those people and show me something. Step up and have one person on the Houston Astros organization be a man. That's all I ask. And what the Astros did bothers me about a lot in today's uh, world. The the initial story is always. You know, you know, the initial reaction is always wrong. Like, get your facts before you put out a statement saying it didn't happen. You know, it, it takes 20 extra minutes to ask a few people whether or not they saw this happen. You know, don't just take one person's word for it and run with it. You know, do a little research before you put a public statement out there and make yourself look like an idiot. Yeah, uh, it's just it's so it's so bad to me. What what bothered me about the whole thing? Sure, what happened that Saturday night is egregious, but that's not our fight. Two middle-aged white guys are not standing up for the you know uh, uh, the, the 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 Me Too movement. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's not our that's not our place. It, it, it would be inappropriate for us to make a big case. But once they called her a liar. To me, that attacked journalists everywhere. Well, the, the statement was really strongly worded, too. Like, you better get that right for the way you worded that statement. You know? Exactly. And, and, and it had to get cleared. That's why the PR staff, to me, has right, to go. Right, right. There's a lot the of people PR that screwed staff, up. Right. If, if this guy came out and had real contrition and said, look, I was drunk and I shouldn't have said it and I feel really bad, I would say... Do me a favor, take a month off and go get counseling or some, something. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to say this guy can never work again. And by the way, the rumor that I had heard, this is something I learned, was that he was on the fast track to be another GM. That he was going to be a candidate for the Red Sox GM job, this guy Tobman. And he lost all of it. He lost all of it in one fell swoop. That's crazy to me. Just crazy. So, go Nationals. Um... I hope the Nationals, uh, my prediction is the Nationals will not get, they won't go back to Houston. I think the baseball season ends Sunday night. 
That's my prediction. After the booing. After the booing of Trump. <laughs> should, should be should be a hoot and a holler. <laughs> but uh yeah, no, that, that that's that's the plan and um we'll see. I, I think the the Astros are in a real tough spot because they don't have a starter for game four, whereas the Nationals have Annabelle Sanchez. If you remember Annabelle Sanchez, the last time he pitched, he had a no hitter through like seven innings. And he hasn't pitched, though, in like 10 days, so uh, that could be weird. The Astros do have a great lineup, so it's not over. I would say this. It's not over. There have been a number of uh, instances in which the road team won the first two games and did not win the World Series, most notably the 1996 Yankees. If you remember the 1996 Yankees, which is a, such a great team and such a really fun team, because to me, that's before they became the evil empire. That's when they were like the underdogs, like the, the the 96 Yankees that had Don Mattingly on them and Joe Torre's first year. And the 96 Yankees were down 0-2 at home and they went to Atlanta against Maddox, Glavin and Smoltz and beat them and won four straight and won the World Series. So that's when Jim Lairds hit that crazy home run. That's when Andy Pettit outdueled Smoltz in like one of the best games you'll ever see. 96 is a great year, and that was my senior year, and that was my first year covering baseball. And I thought it was neat, because I, I, I make no secret, I grew up a Yankee fan, but I grew up a Yankee fan when they sucked. <laughs> so I grew up a Yankee fan the way most people who are Met fans like gravitate toward the underdog. The Yankees were very different. In the 80s, they were a zoo, and I grew up in the 80s. And so in 96 was my senior year. I had graduated from Syracuse in May. And then in the fall, in like August, I get the job to go to Denver. And I cover some rock games, but I wasn't the, the, the beat reporter at that time. And the Yankees won the World Series. And I always say that's my last World Series as just a fan. That my first full year of covering baseball was 97. And so it's kind of neat how it bookended like that. And the 96 World Series uh, brings back all, all kinds of cool memories. All right. Seth, uh, before you go, yeah. I got one more thing for you. Uh, you. This is your segue? Baseball fans won't be the only ones booing this weekend. The ghosts in the canyon area at Destiny Woo! USA. I love it. Will That's also be one. booing at Hollow Hops Brewfest. You can That's get your tickets one. at hollowhops.com. General admission tickets are $45 VIP. 55, two sessions, three to six, and seven to ten. There's over 50 breweries and 100 craft beers at the Hollow Hops Brewfest. You can get your tickets online or at the Hop Spot in Armory Square. How about Very that? Nice. that? Nice. That's, I'm telling you, this guy has worked on his segues for 24 hours. They're much better today. <laughs> Kurt Weiler uh, is going to join us in just a minute. He covers uh, the Orlando Sentinel uh, in TD Online. He covers Florida State, and he's going to join us in just a second. This is ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. Well, we better get ready if it is the Seth Everett Show. Welcome back, ESPN Syracuse. SU in Florida State, 3.30 kickoff. You'll hear the play-by-play over on TK99. We've got a 76-hour pregame show starting tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Uh, that's when Buckshot comes on. And then, uh, of course, we'll be doing all of the gavel-to-gavel postgame coverage as well as the Orange look to get back on the winning track against the Seminoles. Kurt Weiler is the Florida State beat reporter for the Tallahassee Democrat, and he is on the line with us now. Kurt, welcome to the show. Thanks for doing this, man. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me on. 
Um, do you expect that Florida State is going to try to romance Dino Babers while they're out, while they're while he's in town, and maybe take him out to breakfast? <laughs> because the, the, all the rumors are is that Dino Babers is going to be the head coach next year. Is that is that a major rumor in Syracuse? I mean, I think he's a name to be in the conversation. I don't think he'd be at the top of the Florida State list, but I'll also say. <laughs> I think the end of this Florida State season would have to go bad, 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 bad. I mean, you look at the rest of the schedule, there's probably still three wins there for Florida State. So I think you look at the rest, they would really have to fall off if they're going to miss a bowl again. And I think that's what it would have to take for there to even be real conversations about moving on from Willie Taggart after only two years. Interesting, interesting. The, um, the, the story was that the Vegas had come out with odds and Babers was the leading odds getter. And you, you always wonder where those odds come from because that means somebody's betting on it, and it was something that we were alarmed. And my, my question was somewhat tongue-in-cheek, but I, I, I was surprised to hear your answer anyway. Yes, uh, I mean, I'd be interested to hear kind of how Syracuse feels about keeping him after, obviously, this year, but after last year in Syracuse, kind of perception of being a Babers. To characterize the first seven games uh, for Florida State, let's start the conversation that way. Uh, what's gone right and what's gone wrong? Oh, what's gone right is in bringing in Kendall Bryles, they haven't had an elite offense, but they went from having a very bad offense to having a average to sometimes above average offense. I mean, that's been it's been he's he's done exceptionally well, and he brought his offensive line coach with him of scheming around a bad offensive line or something. Syracuse has also had to kind of familiarize itself with where he's just drawn up plays that are quick and a lot of screens, things like that. That And there's also been, I mean, some big plays. And there has been some improvement from the offensive line. I mean, obviously, they're not the worst in the Power Five like they were last year. But Florida State really just can't get out of its own way. Be it in-game scenarios where they just can't make the play they need or, I mean, just not having finishing. I mean, Willie Tiger talked this week about finishing, and obviously they got blown out by Clemson, but their other three losses are by a total of 14 points. And so, I mean, fans didn't exactly want to hear this week. Willie Tiger was, talked about how this team could like could be 6-1, and one, but he's not entirely wrong. They've been right there, and you couldn't say that last year. So, I mean, in that manner, they're a little improved, but not still especially close to the Florida State standard. One of the things that has plagued Syracuse has been their offensive line. Um, the Orange have given up, I think they gave up nine sacks their last game against Pitt, and the Seminoles have allowed 24 sacks, and only four offenses have given up more uh, than, than Florida State. What about the Florida State offensive line, and how much of an Achilles heel has it been? Oh, it's definitely been one at times. I mean, any team with a, with, with a pass rush has been able to kind of impact things, especially in the pass block, they've really, they've, they've grown more in run blocking. That was a real struggle last year, even when you have a running back like Cam Akers, but you're not able to kind of create holes for him. And they've done better in that regard this year. They brought in a true freshman who's been an instant contributor. They actually had another true freshman, Darius Washington, make his first career appearance last week at Wake Forest at left tackle. I mean, over two players that have been here a long time. So, I mean, I think they're still kind of trying to find stand out that, that starting five and they've, again, battled some injuries, and it's definitely hindered the offense, but not as much as last year. There's, they've improved from downright terrible to probably just bad is maybe how I'd characterize it. 
You know, one of the things that, that you look at, and right here on ESPN Syracuse, we're talking to Kurt Weiler uh, from the Tallahassee Democrat, is quarterback play. How much different has the Seminoles been with Hornibrook playing quarterback versus James Blackman? Um, honestly, not really. They don't really bring different skill sets to the table. They're similarly mobile, neither of whom especially so. Blackman has a little better arm talent. Hornybrook is probably a little better about getting rid of the ball quickly than James. So each kind of have their minor advantages, but neither neither is especially different. And I mean, the fans want to, it feels like the fans want to try Hornybrook just because James Blackman's coming off two pretty uh, below average back to back games. But I think the, the the truth of the matter, Florida State fans don't want to accept is they just have two quarterbacks who are about the same, and they're both average. I mean, neither neither one is better than the other, and neither one is the type that's going to take you where you need to go, and it's going to a tough realization for uh, Florida State fans. But, I mean, I think I expect it to be James Blackman Saturday because although he wouldn't name a starter, Willie Taggart out, came out and said that he didn't play. He thought James Blackman played well enough to win against Wake Forest, so I expect him to stay the same. But is, is is James Blackman an injury situation also? Because you know th- that's another thing that you know Syracuse keeps Tommy DeVito's status close to the vest. But everybody knows that as long as he can walk, he's going to play. James uh, dealt with a knee injury earlier in the year that caused him to miss a game. But it's all that he's past that now. He's he's healthy. So it, I think it's pure gamesmanship. And Taggart talks about how they kind of evaluate them during the week and make the decision based off that. But I just. If you've got a a grad transfer with no years of eligibility left and a redshirt sophomore with two years of eligibility left, and they're basically the same, and James Blackman, I would say, is definitely more of a team leader, you just have to go with, A, the younger guy, and B, the guy who's more of a team leader. We're talking to Kurt Weiler from the Tallahassee Democrat. And before we let you go, has the recent struggles for the Seminoles um, taken a hit as far as atmosphere? Uh, you know, I, I, I know Tallahassee as being a really loud place to play and a really big home field advantage. It's alumni weekend, homecoming, so it's, you know, expect all the alums to be back and it should be quite a scene. But has there been a drop off in, I don't know, just the, the buzz around home games for the Seminoles in the last couple of seasons? Well, the last couple seasons, truly end of last season into this season is when you've really seen that. I mean, I think uh, for the uh, Louisville game earlier this year when they were coming off, when they were 1-2 and two and had lost to Boise and Virginia, it was their, their lowest attended game at Doak since, I believe, the 80s when, I mean, the, the stadium was much smaller capacity. I think they're still expecting somewhere in the fifty to 60,000 range, and it will still be an active crowd. But they absolutely won't be kind of the crowd you come to expect in, in at I mean at Dope Campbell Stadium in Tallahassee. Uh, in in Syracuse and a lot of national people, there has not been one one media person who has picked uh, the orange, except for my co-host Polly here. Uh, he's the only person who's picked Syracuse. Is that kind of what you're hearing? Um, has a, have a lot of people been suggesting that Florida State gets back to 500 in all of the, the all the all the stuff and all the chatter that that's going on down there? Yeah, I mean the fans didn't exactly want to hear that Florida State was 10 point favorites in a uh, in a in a game coming off losing to Wake Forest for the first time since 2011, but. I mean, I, the way I look at it is, and transit property is not all-knowing, but Florida State comfortably beat, beat NC State at home, and NC State 
beat Syracuse. So, I, I mean, right. I just I, I think Florida State is the better team. They've lost to some teams that they are far more talented than. I mean, you look at the Syracuse game last year. So, I, I mean, it's a. Uh, Anything can happen, and I'm not putting anything past the state team, but I'm expecting them to win. Well, it, it, it should be it should be an interesting game, and I, I think the question will be whether or not it's close. Uh, I, I think a lot of people think that Florida State is the better team. There's no question, but it, it just wonders whether or not uh, the Orange can kind of get something together to kind of fight back, and then that's that's going to be the big the big challenge. Hey, uh, Kurt Weiler from the Tallahassee Democrat, thanks so much for doing this. We appreciate it. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. Kurt Weiler uh, from the Tallahassee Democrat. He's the Florida State beat writer, and he's on the Burdick Toyota guest line here on ESPN Syracuse. All right, we'll see if any of that makes Polly want to pick the orange uh, still. We'll find out about that next here on ESPN Syracuse. This is the Seth Everett Show. All right, this portion of the show is brought to you by Bill Rapp's Rapid Purchase. Enjoy the entire car buying process from your laptop, mobile device, or tablet at BillRap.com. So uh, the takeaway from the, uh, the the interview that we had with our, our guy from the Tallahassee Democrat is uh, both their quarterbacks stink, so it doesn't matter who they are, and they're very uncomfortable about being 10-point favorites. I would be if and I they was did, them. And if you listen to the whole interview, they did not like my Dino Babers joke. Well, I don't think that it's. I don't blame the guy. I don't think it's big news down there. Like I don't. No, think... I, I understand. It was just funny. <laughs> I thought it was. I I thought everybody here would get a kick out of it. And let's face it, that's who our audience is, not him. They uh, but uh, they should be uncomfortable ten point favorites. We'll see. We'll, we we shall see. Okay. Um, basketball season is uh, just about to underway. There's an exhibition game tomorrow night uh, against uh, Marathon Oil. Uh, as they take on, uh, I don't know who they're playing in the exhibition game. Thank you, Damon. Um, Pre-game at six thirty on TK or uh, K Rock this week. We are pleased to announce that uh, the outstanding reporter Donna Detota is going to be joining us uh, Tuesdays during the basketball season. So Tuesdays at ten fifteen, right here on the basketball season, she did a really smart video. She did a video because there are a number of Syracuse basketball players that have names that are a little hard to pronounce. So why don't we get to the heart of the matter and see what the names are? Let's play Donna's video, and then let's see if we got all the names right. Yeah, hang on. I want to hit one thing before we go. Barama Sidibe is pronounced differently by everybody, every announcer. So let's find out. This is going to be fun. I I want to hear Marek Dolezai. Say it again. Marek Dolezai. Nice. Thank you. Go ahead. John Bull Ajak. All right. Say it again. John Bull Ajak. Nice. Thank you. Go. My name's Burama Sidibe. All right. Say it a little louder for the people in the back row. Burama Sidibe. Perfect. Thank you. Quincy, how do you, how do you pronounce your name? In French, it's Quincy Guerrier, and in English, it's Quincy Guerrier. It sounds a little cooler in French. Can you say it in French again? Quincy Guerrier. Okay, what is the difference between Quincy Guerrier and Quincy Guerrier? Quincy Guerrier. Guerrier? It's oh, you Guerrier. Have to say it with the accent? You have to say it with the accent? I, is the, that what it is? The way I Quincy took Guerrier? It, yeah, I, I took Guerrier away from French and Guerrier in, uh, in English. In English. Okay, so it's, can we call him Guerrier? I yes, like Guerrier I do too. Guerrier, Quincy Guerrier, Borama Sidibe, John Bull Ajak. I love that name. That's a great name. And Marek Dolajai. 
but it's Matic, not Merrick. Matic Dolajai. I love it. I had to pronounce names when I called the MLB versus Japan All-Star Series. I had to learn all the Japanese names, and it was so much fun. And there was a guy, he went up playing for a little bit for the Chicago Cubs. His name was Kosuke Fukudome, and it was spelled F-U-K-U-D-O-M-E. Yep. <laughs> and one time this woman from the Kyoto News uh, interviewed me and said, uh, what Japanese player caught your attention? And I said, Kosuke Fukudome. And she says, get out of here. She says, he's dating a friend of mine. I said, get out of here. And she says, do you want to meet him? I said, you better believe I want to meet him. And in Japan, a custom, if you meet someone formally, you have to exchange gifts. So I ran into the MLB clubhouse and I grabbed a MLB Productions polo shirt. And I brought it with me to go meet Kosuke Fukudome. And he came out with a Chunichi Dragons jersey that has F-U-K-U-D-O-M-E on the back. <laughs> and I have that jersey. I still have it. And one time when I got back from Japan, this is in 02, I wore it in Times Square. And you should hear the cat calls I got. Hey! Bang, 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 bang. You know, I can't say I'm here you know, on the, on the show, but... F-U-K-U-D-O-M-E. So, Marek Dolajai, Borama Sadibe, John Bol Ajak, and Quincy Guerrier. I love it. I love it. I'm ready to cover Syracuse basketball, and Donna DeTota is going to do a great job. That was a great video, and she's going to be great on the show. 10-15 on Tuesdays here on ESPN. Now, if anybody says Sibide... Oh, we'll punch him. I'm going to punch him right in the gut. You're right. right. In the- <laughs> Slap him right across their mouth and go, fix your language. Done. Fix your language. It's Burama <laughs> Sadibe. Let's get it right. Okay. Um, we're we're going to get hyped for Florida State, are we not? Yes. We're going to get hyped for Florida State next. Only, as only this show knows how to right here on ESPN Syracuse. Stay with us. This is the Seth Everett Show. How funny... How funny was uh, all the players pronouncing their names? I thought that was great. It, it's informative. They should just hand that video out to all of the, the TV and radio guys when they come into town. So. I have an idea, though. I got I got an idea. Can we ask Josh Schaefer to do that for the football team? Yeah. Come on. How? Let's get him a recorder, and he can do it on our recorder for us. And we could we could just get. Uh, could, I love stealing ideas. Let's do it. I would love to steal that idea, and I think Josh would be up for the up for the challenge. I think it would be super funny. I just want to hear. I just want to hear the raw audio of it. Wouldn't it be more fun <laughs> to go up to people that don't have names that are hard to pronounce and ask them how they pronounce their name? <laughs> Devito, dummy. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. All right. Um, Syracuse uh, University has a YouTube channel, and they do all kinds of uh, great videos. They do Dino Babers press conferences. They do player interviews, highlight packages. I mean, it's a really, it's a great YouTube channel. I subscribe, and I get an alert every time uh, there's something on. I mean, I don't click on every video, but I click on a lot of them. And I did this way before I started working here (laughs) because I I was an alum and I was a fan. And they came out with a Florida State hype video. And I'll admit, that's not usually what I look at. What is a hype video? A video is supposed to get the fan base. It's also supposed to get the players 
fired up for the Florida State game, right? Now, this is not the greatest audio. It's more of a video presentation, but we're a radio show, and we're doing the best I can. Imagine my surprise when we hear this video. I think Friday night left a really bad taste in everybody's mouth. Who's that? Friday night, it was the same thing as NC State in that there are opportunities to win and they didn't capitalize on them. It's a resilient group. Uh, it's time to see that resiliency. Does it? Yep. That is the audio of you, isn't it? It sounded they like put you. me. They put me. <laughs> now, that's either from this show or from the, the post-game show. And they put us in the video. They put me in the video to motivate them to prove me wrong. You are billboard material. I am billboard material. How cool is that? I've never been billboard material before. Yeah, and then they used our always... That's what I thought you were going to play after. That's why I didn't think it was over. Oh, no, it was in there. It was in there. Oh, okay. Uh, Stephen Fonte is used as the good guy in that video to say they're a resilient group, and it's time to see their resiliency. Oh, my goodness. So they made me the bad guy and Steve the good guy? Yes, you are the Joker to his Batman. I don't like this. You can't do it. You, so now what I'm going to do is for this post-game show, I'm going to say things that are exactly hype video candidacy. So I'm going to purposely say things. For example, Mongrel make a point. You know, yeah, Tommy's got to get rid of the ball faster. You know, whatever, whatever he's going to say, right? And I'll go, they can't go to a bowl game. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like a, a movie fun. trailer. They were underdogs <laughs> by everyone. They stink and nobody picks them to win. Oh, my God. <laughs> this wasn't your average orange team. Oh, my God. That's funny. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh, my God. So what? what graduate assistant had to sit there and endure our crappy shows just to put that video together. Oh, somebody think, has to listen to this. Right, right? Like th- think about like what guy I know this, the um, you know, the Knicks and Rangers, the the the, the MSG group, the Knicks and Rangers, they have interns that their whole job is to sit there and listen to WFAN, ESPN Radio, uh, you know, all the local uh news uh, media outlets and they have to log every segment. And if a guy calls up and says, I think the Knicks should trade so-and-so, whatever whatever it is, they have to write it down. And they, it all gets submitted to somebody. They said I mean, they couldn't paranoid. do it. <laughs> paranoid. But can you imagine? When does basketball season start? <laughs> oh, my God. You're making me... Oh, my God. You're making me laugh. 2019 was unlike any other year. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm making this happen now. <laughs> we have to find out. Well, you're not you're not on this road trip, so you're not going to be around there, but we have to find out who put that video together. And we'll get that person on, just like we'll get the Syracuse.com photographer on. I'm telling you, I have all kinds of guest ideas for this for this show. So Oh my God, how funny is that? So Seth. Yes. The uh 
you in that video said that the Friday night game left a bad taste in yeah. everyone's mouth. You know what would leave? You know what would leave a good taste in everybody's mouth? Yeah. <laughs> if a good segue. <laughs> If you're caller five right now at 315-437-7644 on the Burdick Toyota guest line, you are registered for your chance to kick an extra point for $1,000 from the fine folks here at ESPN Radio. It's an easy kick, and you can make it. Seth will have, we'll make a hype video for you. We'll make you a can hype do video. He's never going to make that kick. <laughs> He can't even kick a soccer ball out of a garage. <laughs> so, yeah, 315-437-7644. Right now, you will be among registrants and picked on Tuesday of next week on the Brent Axe Show to kick for $1,000 at halftime of the Syracuse-BC game. Or do you think one of like uh, the media people from the university was in their car and heard that and then called up? somebody and said get the audio of that i'm gonna make a hype video well i think i think they know that we are there's going to be an honest opinion given at some point on this radio station about what happened and they used it you know that's funny that made me laugh i played that video i didn't know what it was going to be i, I, I just <laughs> did said, you like you said what is me? a hype video <laughs> and i'm like wait a second that's me and then I sent it to you and I said wait wait a second is this is this what we're doing now we're making hype videos and I was like and then like you could your response could have been oh yeah well that's something we do I, I didn't know I, I I didn't know you could you know you work with the university so so maybe there's a chance that that that's part of it they do they oh do this God. to Axe all the time they catch Axe saying something negative and they use it as billboard material oh I love it I'm in the billboard <laughs> this is so much fun I can't wait all right, uh, tomorrow, 1.30, come to Trappers uh, in East Syracuse. It's a really cool place. Watch the game there. Uh, stick around. Uh, we'll be there. James Mungrone and myself will have two hours of 1.30 to 3.30 pregame uh, right there at Trappers in East Syracuse. And I'm telling you, come out and say hello. And, uh, oh, my God, we're going to have a lot of fun. That's, <laughs> we're going to laugh a lot. And uh, Polly will be there. And Mike Waters is coming. And uh, who knows what else. The guy who made this hype video is coming. We'll have lots of people uh, come visit us. Uh, stay tuned. Centers of Attention is next. Uh, this is ESPN Syracuse.